Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Rent Money, only on the Pop-Off Podcast Network. So go on and check out, get in there, see what other content we got on the feed. We got movies, music, and sports booming out the trap all week long. So go check out the Pop-Off Podcast feed on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you uh, listen to your podcasts. We should be available there. But let's get your twos up and split them like we're in the fifth grade playing chopsticks in the lunch line. Week 11 is here, and a clear picture is starting to form at the top of the college football landscape, and your rent money brethren are here to break it down for you. We're going to give out a couple of our favorite college picks for the week. Um, just quick disclaimer, I'm 15 and 11 on the year. Capsie's 29, 19, and 1, and up 11 units. Go ahead and follow him on Action Bets Network, Old Chisholm, betting everything from college football to hockey. He's really out there putting them down. We're also going to be building up our favorite Jewish boy band, jumping in the deep end for college basketball here with our future co-host, Skylar Reesberg, and going wherever Adam, a.k.a. the biggest bacon boy of Texas, his beautiful mind takes us. Uh, but before we get to all of that, Adam is here to tell us about a little something near and dear to his heart this November. So please listen intently. Catch the floor is yours. Appreciate that, bud. Good intro as always. Uh, folks, uh, this episode is going to be sponsored by uh, Movember. If you don't know, Movember, grow a stash, save a bro. They're really targeting three key facets that are detrimental to men's health and livelihood in existence as a whole, being number one, men's health mentally, and with that, suicide prevention, and then numbers two and three being testicular and prostate cancer looking into some of the suicide statistics folks are not good and uh we got to do something about it november not only are they here to raise awareness they are here to cause action create action get resources to folks a lot smarter than captain schlitz and myself uh and making sure that we get to feed the people uh and uh, the people that are being fed are the ones that need it the most so every donation counts you can go over to my personal team's page now that's team jv forever uh the the letters jv and forever you'll find me there if not send me a venmo just tell me tell me what it's for otherwise i'm gonna pocket that uh but if you tell me hey this is for movember send that over to uh at capsh ad 20 appreciate all of you in advance i know that we were able to raise just under five grand last year this year we have a goal of raising about 7500 um, and we're coming up on a thousand as of this exact moment here, Wednesday, November the 9th. Appreciate all of the love and support in advance. Long live JV and uh, grow a stash, save a bro. Absolutely, Adam. Thank you. Really worthy cause. Um, so go check it out. Adam's doing great work over there. And um, don't be afraid, you know, to reach out to your bros sometimes if you're down a little bit too. Uh, you know, we all got each other's back here. So with that, let's get to it. Week 11. Here we go. Cashy. One and three last week. Myself, two and one. We're going to bounce back, though. We're going to bounce back. We're going to dive in. Pretty, I'd say it's a pretty good slate this week. I was able to sit my ass down and watch about 12 to 16 hours of college football last weekend. And it was one of the better slates I've seen in a while. I mean, on on the board when looking at it, I was like, okay, this Georgia-Tennessee game is going to be great. But, like, we'll see how the rest of it plays out. But Notre Dame didn't disappoint. You were all over that one. Um LSU Bama game was just excellent. Everything looks a little bit cooler down there in the bayou. Um, LSU fan base, just they get it, they get it rocking and rolling. Um, what other pretty good games there were? Auburn, Mississippi State, always great to hear Mike Leach post game speech in overtime. Was able to catch some of the West Coast games too. Just overall, a really good Saturday of college football. Um, anything to clean up last week as we're kind of getting a clear picture of maybe who could be our four teams in the college football championship. Yeah, 100%. Want to run through that. Uh, I think first and foremost, want to call out uh, the Irish are all that I have really dialed down this year. Thought I was an expert in the SEC. 
we're not even fucking close. Um, one and three, Big Ten ball let me down as well for those that trailed the uh, Minnesota-Michigan State teaser. I'm sorry. I let you down. Hand is raised. Uh, but, hey, max bet for me personally was Notre Dame. Just so happened that uh, that's the only one that cashed. Feeling pretty damn good about that. But, yeah, looking at some of these updated rankings, Georgia making their way back to the very, very top, upsetting or not upsetting, but taking down Tennessee at home. Um, number two, though, being Ohio State. This is really interesting for me because it it kind of paints back to the picture that we were drawing for ourselves earlier in the year, Turner, when it came to would an expanded playoff be better for the sport or would it be worse? Would there be any changes? And I think the teams are just, I mean, it doesn't really matter. I feel like the teams eliminate themselves. When you look at Ohio state and Michigan, mm -hmm. when you look at Tennessee, Bama, Georgia, LSU, like the, the only teams that really matter are conference winners. And even then we're looking at this year, potentially there's a chance that we get our first ever two lost team in the college football playoff. And I'll touch on that in a second. Um, number four, wow, yeah. number four, TCU college, yep. uh, college game day and ATX this week. Me personally, I don't think that they are the number four. Like they're just there because I mean, they're eight. No, like they're, they're having yeah. a great year power, power uh, to them. Quick, quick aside on TCU. Uh, while we're talking about the horn boys, going to give a quick shout out to my horny boys. Um, talking bulls, but if TCU runs the table, you can't keep them out. And they no. got a big, big game against Texas this week on the road. I think Texas is almost a touchdown favorite, which is crazy yep. when you consider you know TCU's number four. Um, but they they have been playing kind of this dicey, dicey game where um, they never seem to really pull away or win by a real decisive margin. So I, I'm with you, but. I also appreciate so far the college football playoff putting TCU at four over Tennessee. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, you play, you play the games on the field and, and not always on the stat book and TCU is undefeated. And so you got to respect that. Amen. Amen to that. And then like you're saying with Tennessee, they're at number five, something to point out for Tennessee. And this goes for any team I should say, but I mean, losing late in the season is never a good thing. You want to lose early. Um, I'm looking at Oregon here. Oregon having the second best loss of the season being week one against number one Georgia now at a neutral site. But Tennessee having the best loss of the season, in my eyes, being at Georgia, um, that's their only loss on the year. I think they deserve to be at number five. If they win out, um, I think that that loss that they have under their belt being at Georgia versus a neutral site against Georgia, I think they're, or at least they should be ranked higher than Oregon, especially because Oregon got absolutely butt fucked. But then yeah, it comes down to timing, early, right? It was week one, you know. I mean, they, they're right. still growing as a team. I think would be the the argument, right? Exactly, and it's Bo Nix's first season with the Ducks. Um, he looks like a completely different quarterback as well, I should say, compared to his days at Auburn. I think a change of scenery was great for him. But then it kind of goes as follows, where you get Oregon, LSU, USC, Alabama, um, wanting to stop here at Bama. With oh, yeah. them being With them being a, a two-loss team, LSU in that same boat, is, is Bama eliminated, would you say, from college football playoff contention, being ranked yes. ninth right now? To me, they are. Um, I think that LSU maybe has a better chance as a two-loss team, but I think it's going to be really hard for Bama to justify considering that the two teams they've lost to are, you know, Tennessee and Georgia, which are already up above them on the – or LSU and Tennessee, who are, you know, already above them in the standings. Yep. It's going to be hard for them to make – the SEC championship as well. Um, I think LSU controls their own destiny in that sense 100%. in the West. Um, so it's just gonna be really tough. I would I would say they're eliminated, but I would also say I don't know, their game against Ole Miss is gonna be super interesting this week because Ole Miss still has a chance to run the table right and put themselves back in contention. Uh 
But at this point, with each loss Alabama takes, right? It's like if Ole Miss beats Alabama this week, it's all of a sudden that that's a three-loss Alabama team, and it kind yeah. of reduces the value that LSU and Tennessee had in that big win in the moment too. 100%. Granted, if I was one of these schools, like I was happy that Iowa beat Purdue last week. We always lose Purdue, right? And so. Yep. Whether it's a six and six Bama team or an undefeated Bama team for these universities to get over that hump and you know and beat Bama, it's always a always a big deal currently uh, for sure. I think that that's the other team, right? It's LSU, but then also Ole Miss. They also control their own destiny right now. Those are two teams that if they win out, they make shit happen. Um, we'll see how it all breaks down. The SEC. I, whoever wins the SEC is obviously a guarantee to make the college football playoff. I don't think that's even worth debate. Um, the debate is more so does another team follow suit when you look at an Oregon or, you know, a potential Pac-12 winner, uh, yeah. even North Carolina yes. right, being a one-loss yes. team. If they went out in the ACC, is that worth more? A one-loss ACC team, is that worth more in the committee's eyes than a two-loss SEC team that has been rolling? I'm excited to see a, all of that. I've been a long-time SEC skeptic. I mean, they do probably have – they do have the best probably football call, like you know, like division or conference, right, in college football. But there's a point where you have to start crediting winning versus good losses. Right. And everything looks like a good loss when you put 10 teams in the top 25 to start the season every year. It's almost – it kind of feels similar to Big 10 and Big 12 at basketball in different seasons where yes. they yes. get into conference play and they're all ranked and then they all beat up on each other and then there's nothing – no such thing as really a bad loss and only good wins. And then they all remain ranked. And then I don't know. So I do shit. Like, you did make a good call out. I think UCLA and USC both have real chances here. They both control their own destiny. They play against each other on November 19th. Hoping yep. that's game day. Um, and whoever wins that game is going to come out of their division for the PAC 12 championship and have a showdown with Oregon with most likely a bid to the college football championship on the line which is yep. awesome for, you know, L.A. football, not that anybody goes to those fucking games. But it's also good for the future of the Big Ten. Hey, uh, these guys will be there before we know it. And then the other team, you already mentioned them, UNC. They have a real opportunity to win out here against Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, and the NC State the rest of the season before yep. probably having to take Clemson on in the, big, in the ACC championship. However, currently, the way – you could see two teams from the same conference make it as if UNC falters and plays Clemson or I don't know. The ACC and the Pac-12 are definitely a little bit where I'm a little uncertain. And then you have TCU as the only main core representative left for the Big 12. And if they yeah. lose one game, then then what's going to happen? I'd be pretty disappointed if I saw it a second two-loss two SEC team in the championship, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I, I will say this. Um, the Pac-12 is significantly better than the ACC this year. Um, it, all, it it all rides and dies with Clemson for the ACC. The, I, I think Florida State hasn't been good since Jameis. North Carolina is competing at a level that they're expected to in basketball, but not necessarily football. They're somehow like the Atlas Titan of the ACC, just carrying everything on their shoulders right now after Notre Dame absolutely Overcame. pissed, pissed all over Clemson. Um, but, I mean, dude, looking at the Pac-12, they have multiple teams between Oregon, USC, UCLA, even Utah, right? I would say Utah is a better football team than any football team in the ACC right now. I would agree. I would 100% agree. You're you're preaching. They're having a pretty good year as a as a conference. So it's interesting keep, to watch. Let's keep a tab on this as we go through the couple of games that we're all going to be excited for. Oh yeah, the, the two the two games that really stand out to me the most besides the conference championships are that UCLA USC game and then Ohio State Michigan State, which I believe is next week or two weeks from now. Ohio um, State Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I also want to call out before we start diving into this week, yeah, Turner. Um, you know, I'm a big G5 guy, right? I love those boys grinding it out in the trenches week after week. Tulane is the the school currently repping for the G5 NY6 bid. Well, They're ranked at uh, 17 right now in the Adam, college should, football playoffs. Should we just jump right into our picks? Because uh, Tulane minus two is one of my picks this week. Ooh, Jack. Yep. I think I, mean, I think you kick us up. off, baby. Yeah, they're planning a good old American showdown um, against UCF. Two ranked teams out of the American. You don't see that very often. Uh, but Tulane, this team, you know, all week, what have we been hearing? You know, it's red wave this or red wave that. Well, Adam, fuck the politics because on this, uh, you know, this show, there's only one wave, wave that really matters, and that's that's the green waves of Tulane. Um, they're down in the Big Easy, the birthplace of Jazz, and they got it rolling they're two-stepping their way, hopefully, to a Power 5 New Year's Day bowl, bowl game this year. Um, they kicked off the season with a, a surprising, and looking back on it, a pretty great win against Kansas State. Um, and that's what I was like, whoa, this team this team might have something here. On top of that, they're 8-1 and one against the spread. They've been the most profitable team against the spread all year long. And in fact, out of those eight wins against the spread, only one of them has been less than a touchdown. So mm. they're... They're rolling, and Vegas is still kind of giving them some skeptic, skeptical. You know, they're still a little skeptical of Tulane. They're at home. Only two-point favorites. That's it, two points. Now, UCF has had some good wins here the last two weeks. They beat Cincinnati and Memphis. Um, and they were really close games, right? And contrary to what we were saying about the college football playoff, where I'm more just win the game, right? And go undefeated, get in the playoff. But when it comes to gambling, sometimes that's not how you have to look at it. And these last two weeks against Cincy and Memphis have been kind of teeter-totter games. They could have gone either way. There are really big plays down the stretch that determine those wins. Um, and so while they're you know ranked because of it, I don't have more faith in them in terms of betting them. Uh, a couple things to watch for this game the main the main thing I'd watch if you get to turn it on, it's at 2.30, um, is UCF runs an RPO offense, um, which is pretty fun to pretty fun to watch. They're you know running and passing, but the main thing an RPO offense has to contend against is a good linebacking core. And Tulane might have some of the best linebackers in the country. So I think they're gonna, you know, I think they're gonna hold tough. One last statistic to give you before maybe moving on here, seeing if you have any thoughts on this matchup, Adam is Willie Fritz, the head coach of Tulane, is 26-11 and 11 against the spread at home, which is 70% since 2016. So, damn right, we're rolling with the green wave at home, minus two, game of the season for these guys, game of the American Conference, um, should be a fun one. Damn, I love that. I love Tulane. I love what they stand for. I love the G5. I'm going to say that. I, they're just... It's fun football. It's watching guys mm -hmm. that care more about playing the game than care about, you know, saying that they were a third string quarterback at Alabama. It's like, yeah, you might get your one season of glory. You might become a first round draft pick without ever really seeing the field. But did you but did you live it up in your college yeah. years? Will you be the local drunk at your, you know, local bar in Tulsa talking about, oh, when I was, you know, when I was 19? No. You won't because you're 25 by the time you get into the league. Do you think P5 or G5 have crazier people? Define define people as in fans? No. Um, well, G5 fans are obviously a little crazier if you're just blatantly turning into these games every week. But I'm talking more about, like, the players. I think uh, I would say G5. I think P5, you have to keep things under wraps. Like, there's a lot more media. There's a lot more scrutiny that comes with the brand of being in the P5. I feel like it's more so the Wild West when you get into the G5 schools and you get to run the tables. You have nothing, like, absolutely nothing to lose. The most dangerous thing in the world is a man with nothing to lose. That's every G5 school. That's Tulane this year. That's Liberty last year. That's all of these different teams that come to the table and they're like, we do not give a fuck who we play this week. We're here to play football. 
What does G what does G stand for in G five? I believe it's just the group five. Why would you put me on the spot like this? I don't know. I don't know either. I just we can cut all that shit. I don't I don't fucking know. All right, Adam. Uh, I think it's group. Hold, I mean it's worth it's worth Googling. It's it's genuine. I mean, that is genuinely if that's not worth a Google, I don't know what is. I was really deep into the Google versus Bing memes today. I, I was getting a good good kick out of that. It is yeah, group, of group of five. Group of five. Yeah, it's just, that's just that's hilarious. It's one's the yeah. power five and the other's just a group. They're a group. <laughs> hey. You gotta I thought it was out, insane for a sec. Got to look out for the little guys. So we already uh, – Shout out Alan Jackson. Yes, absolutely, AJ. Um, we already previewed this game briefly, but we have TCU at Texas this week. Catchy, this is on your card, baby. What do you think? First one on the card, college game day, round two here in Austin, Texas. I will not be in town nor attending uh, got a family wedding uh, with the in-laws this weekend, so going to give them hell over there. Might have this one pulled up on the phone um, if it's a, a later kickoff for the wedding itself. But looking at this one, Daryl K. Royal, 100,000 strong. They're going to be rocking. They're going to be rolling. Don't necessarily love the line on this game, but I think the, the Quinn Ewers-powered Texas offense going up against – one of the better offenses in the country with TCU, they just somehow managed to be a wagon every single game. I think Texas's defense is just good enough, right? I don't think they're great, especially against the pass. They're not the best, but this is a TCU team that's, you know, been able to make their, the sausage has been made on the run for them. They're 13th in the country when it comes to rushing yards. 22nd, I will say as well, when it comes to passing. But I mean, if you, you're going to have to pass the ball against this Texas team, I think they could do it. I don't think that they have the manpower to get it done on the road with yeah. college game day and everything that, that it comes with, especially with the last time this season, college game day made an appearance here. Texas, with their second string quarterback, almost knocked off. Alabama being 21 point underdogs only losing by a point. I could see Texas winning by 10 or more in this game. I'm not talking, you know, alternate spreads by any means, but if it's seven points, if it's, if it's less than eight points, I think I'm going to ride with the Longhorns here. Uh, give me Bevo and the boys all day. There we go. I've been on the wrong side of TCU a few times every week. I think that they're going to kind of finally falter. It's just, I think Vegas has kind of adjusted to them a little bit, and you can see that with this line here. Um, yep. But Texas has been playing good ball. They just beat a really good Kansas State team last week on the road. Um, so we'll have to see. This is definitely a game to tune into. Got it probably uh, near the top of my list of if I can catch catch it. I, 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 I hope so. Do you know what time this game is? I have no idea. 6.30. Great. So, uh, yeah, this game I'll probably be out in the town and have it on and uh, enjoy it, enjoy it a little bit. All right, next game I have, Adam, quickly, before I tell you which way I'm going here, you've been all over Notre Dame all year. What do you think about this game? Notre Dame at Navy. I don't 17. love the line. I don't love the line as an Irish fan. I think Notre Dame wins this, but I don't know if they're covering that 16, 16 and a half. What is it up to, 17 now? It's up to 17. It's up to 17, and I'm riding with the armed forces here on this one, Adam. Um, you know, Major, major, win. major, major win for Notre Dame last week. And they've had some really good wins this year, like weirdly against Notre Dame. They beat UNC or I mean, Clemson, they beat UNC, but they also have some really bad losses between Stanford and Marshall. So you never know what you're going to get with this team. Uh, while I'm not expecting probably another loss of that, like that elk, but I, I do believe their wins also against uh, Syracuse too. Um, to mention throw the pot aren't really as impressive as they maybe were when they, when, they, when it happened you know they got this game early in the day it's a noon kickoff um i think it's just one of those games that maybe they just don't get up for you know they come out they they get the job done but they don't put the wax on them you know you know these navy guys on the other hand noon game they're usually up for like seven hours at that point right they've been up yeah. all day long um getting their 
fucking who who knows what getting their basic training in uh so that's kind of how I'm, I'm feeling about this game here just from a on looking at it vibe on yep. paper um pine he still remains i think a little limited in what he's able to do through the air they're only averaging 184 yards per game and they've been just eating in the ground game that's where they've been dominating they've been fantastic offensive line yep um Mayor at tight end, he's one of the better tight ends in the country at blocking. I the think best. I think he leads the team in receiving as well. Which he's the best is, tight end in the country. Okay, I'll take your word for it. He's he's a stud for sure. It worries me usually when the tight end's the leading receiver though a little bit. It usually means you're not that explosive as a passing offense. Hundred um, percent. And then you have Navy who. They do a few things okay, right? But the one thing they do really well is stop the run. Um, they're top 15 nationally in these defensive categories. Line yards, stuff rate, running opportunity rate, yards per rush, EPA per rush, and rush success. So Notre Navy matches up with their, you know, strength on strength here. So we're going to have to see what happens. I'm going to fade, the, you know, the young and experienced Notre Dame team coming off Freeman's biggest win of his early, early, the, you know, just – helming this this team being the head coach of a you know a massive program that has a lot of high expectations and i think 17 points is just a lot yeah i don't hate that especially i i think it's worth noting too that 17 points it's a lot no matter what way you look at it but especially when you're looking at a, a naval academy team that is grittier than a lsu wide receiver alum <laughs> celebrating in the end zone on a sunday right any oh. given sunday but uh, quick plug, shout out to uh, my Uncle Mike and the uh, Naval Academy class of 1977. Hope y'all are doing well. Absolutely. Hey, Adam, before we move on to your next game, I'm going to leave you with one little nugget if you aren't convinced yet. Um, the service academies, all of them, Air Force, Army, the Merged Marines maybe get, get included in this stat. I don't know. Um, just listed as service academies are 40, 22, and 2, or 65% against the spread when having two or more touchdowns of wiggle room something to keep in mind all I mean, right go ahead there's the numbers you heard it here folks right yeah. there facts only the facts all right southern miss at coastal carolina i can't tell you i know a lot about this game but adam has it written down um coastal carolina are five point favorites in this one yeah i don't know how uh there's a ton of sharp movement 12 moves, in fact, coming in for Southern Miss. Uh, for those those who don't know, alma mater of uh, one of the greatest, if not the greatest quarterback of all time in a Mr. Brett Favre, not from a financial standpoint, but uh, definitely from a gunslinger standpoint. Um, I don't know. I, I'm looking at this game. I think folks are, are looking at Southern Miss thinking, oh, they'll get a bounce back game after getting absolutely bent over and held by their pigtails against georgia state uh state just they were i mean southern miss rolled into this game jack two point favorites and they lost 14 to 42 uh to the same team same team that coastal carolina just about a month ago beat 34 30 um i don't property i like where your head's at transitive property uh i also see this as being the the sharp moves have pushed this line to a point where it's just it's too good for me to not take it. Um, I don't know why there's so much action and why the public is so heavy right now on this team for Southern Miss, but 84% of the money is on plus five Southern Miss when we're looking at at least a touchdown spread by the numbers. I, I mean, that's two whole points that we get to play with free of charge that they're mm-hmm. just going to give right back to us. Not only that, but you're looking at a, an eight and one coastal Carolina team at home against Southern miss. I mean, even if this was a neutral site, I would still hammer this line. I can see it being a nine. I would say nine and a half is more like the line that it could slash should be. So now I'm talking four and a half points quick. Yeah. there. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm going to go ahead and absolutely hammer the shit out of the Cinderella March Madness team, uh, but different sport this time around. We're we're rolling yeah. with the Coastal Carolina, uh, whatever the fucks, 
I don't even know what their goddamn mascot is. I didn't realize they were college until a couple of years ago, but they did just win the the fucking college world series too, like two to three years ago, pre COVID. Yeah, they're the they're the chanticleers, but as you're gonna tap your el- elbow and hammer that like your back at liner, huh? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna tap the bow, five knuckle shuffle. You can't see me, but uh, you can see see coastal carolina that's that's corny as shit but right. fuck it give no, me okay. give me the chance it clears let me run this through you here um it's like taco bell at 3 a.m yep running right through me i'm a skinny boy uh chanticleer that's how it's spelled it's pronounced chanticleer what, what is a chanticleer well it comes from chaucer's canterbury tales more specifically he comes from the nun's priest tale a story within Canterbury Tales. The Chanticleer is a proud and fierce rooster who dominates the backyard. So for lack of better words, there's Gamecocks. Very good. Dude, cool. we love throwing on chickens and synonyms of chickens. Yeah, we sure do. We hate Michael Fuck, Penix, but yes. we love good cock. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ah, um, shucks. Well, Adam, you know, bury that one in the back of your head for uh, – trivia day for coastal carolina what their mascot is and why they are named but um we don't often talk about this on this program you know we're pretty we try to keep it simple for you guys spreads and points but sounds like this could be a game where maybe you even buy a buy a couple or sell yeah. a couple actually you'd have to be selling a couple and try and really uh leverage up and and come home with a nice payday yeah um that's a stock that we're just not gonna short i tell you that there we go well adam my last pick of the week only giving you three here arizona state at ucla ucla is 19 and a half point favorites we're rocking with them we're rocking with the bruins we took them last week we're taking them again this week i had the chance to watch them play they looked Okay, they got the job done. Um, ten and a half points against Arizona State. I'm liking the way they're looking at this state of Arizona. Arizona has quite literally, quite literally, the worst defense in all of college football. They're absolutely atrocious. They're giving up seven yards per play, which I don't even know how that's possible. Um, they're 130th out of 130 teams in almost like every rushing statistic. Uh, UCLA's running back, Zach Charbonnet, is averaging almost eight yards per carry already against better competition. Uh, and so, I, I'm, yeah, I'm rocking with UCLA. Last week, UCLA, you know, I think everyone – the reason I bet on them, right, was just everyone in their fitness consigliere, Michelle, was on the Bruins. And so I just wanted to have some strength in numbers. I think the, I think the public and the experts are back with them again, but – not to the same level. I think this is just one where UCLA has a big, big game against USC. But instead of a letdown spot, I feel like this is a run it up spot. Yeah. Run it up. That's really all I got to, to break down that game. I mean, shit. I, I just think this UCLA team's a pretty good team. And Trip Kelly, I want to give a quick shout out to Trip. Um, obviously made a name for himself at Oregon, went to the NFL. Had a couple actually pretty good years, but ended up flaming out a little bit. It's taken him a few years to get this UCLA uh, program back on track, but he's kind of got him rolling right now. And uh, it's exciting times to be a Bruins fan. Just too bad, as I said earlier, nobody goes to the game. So there's not, while it is at home for them, there's not going to be too much of a home field advantage. Yeah, not not a lot. Adam, here we go. Last pick of the week. Um, before we get into that, is there anything you want to say about, you know, we're week 11, we've been doing this for a little bit. Um, I just want to maybe learn a little bit more about where your heart and your head at head is at coming into the weeks as you look at these games. I just want to fucking win. Wow. You did. Okay. Well, that's a lot to chew on. All right. Um, Alabama at Ole Miss over 64 and a half. Give it to me. I mean, Jack, you're looking at an Alabama team that when was the last time that you think an Alabama football was like, well, there goes our chances at winning a, a national championship. 
at week after ten weeks of the season, not even in a, not even in a December. We're barely in November, and they're just like, well, shit, you know, maybe next year. I couldn't tell you the last time that Saban has said those words out loud, but they're saying them now. Quick search, it's been over 12 years since they've lost three games. Wow. So, and that includes bowl games too, right? Which is just right ridiculous. Fucking A. Well, I tell you what, I don't want to play. I, I can't say one way or another if their hearts are still in it or not. I would have to assume that with a multitude of draft picks, upcoming uh, salaries and whatnot, that's all I can assume this team's playing for anymore as is i mean they're they're young they're they're coachable i would like to think i don't even know what nick's got cooking in the film room this week but i do know um that these are are two teams that i like to watch play offense sometimes and uh that's good enough for me i want to watch a shootout of an sec game i i know you got lane kiffin under study of saban at one point you you know what they say about Saban versus his assistants. I don't want to mess with it. I don't want to touch the spread. I just want to watch two teams go for each other's throats and put points on the board. Um, I'm just I'm just going after it here, and I'm I'm just taking the over. I'm taking the points, hammer the over, and let me just sit back at this wedding and just watch sixty yard pass after sixty yard pass on my cellular device just like every single every single verizon commercial you've seen in the last two years where it's just a guy maybe doing a little bit of hooting and hollering when the over caches during the vows that's how i picture it yeah you may kiss the bride you know (laughs) yeah you get it yeah that's that's what i envision that's what i envision for myself over 64 and a half, take it. Very quickly, we're going to run through these bets. We're going to get to our special segment, and then we're going to bring on Berg. So, Cash, his card is TCU at Texas. He has Texas minus seven. Southern Miss at Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina minus five. Alabama at Ole Miss over a 64 and a half. Good luck, brother. Thank Turner, you. myself, Notre Dame at Navy plus 17. Navy, taking Navy, plus 17. UCF at Tulane, taking Tulane, minus two. Arizona State at UCLA, taking UCLA, minus 19 and a half. And we'll be right back to break down our favorite Jewish boy band. All right, I got to go test. Shout out to a band or a group of children um, that sing a song, Yerushalayim. You can find it on YouTube. I think Adam's going to put a link in the clip. Uh, maybe use it as a little bit of intro into this, this segment. Uh, but there has been, you know, a lot of maybe negativity swirling around Jewish people or young Hebrew men and women um, the past few weeks as, you know, you have Kyrie Irving. Uh, coming out with maybe some anti-Semitic uh, comments. The artist formerly known as Kanye as well, backing those and almost endorsing them. And so instead of breaking breaking down this song or this group, we wanted to build them up 
and just kind of give a quick shout out to to this song and, and these children that are singing in Hebrew. Absolute bop made my day uh, earlier today and last few times I've been able to sit back and watch these kids just kind of get in their bag and and sing it up. So we just wanted to, you know, give a quick little shout out to them um, and just support of kind of what they're doing in religious freedom for all. Adam, go ahead. Yeah. Um dude this is uh this has been living absolutely rent free in my brain for i would say about a month i think that's a good timetable and it's yeah. about time that we got to talk about it there's been a ton of hate spread about jews i would say over the past 80 some years um <laughs> for generations even um centuries right within american culture at least I think we've had to come to their defense most often within the last 80 some years. Mm -hmm. but yeah. I mean the enslavement thing, uh, the whole like, you know, exile from, you know, from their, their homeland, uh, the escape, the exodus from Egypt, right. We could go all through the, the history of this Abrahamic religion that uh, it's true. I mean, it's the cornerstone of, of my faith being uh, a true Irish Catholic, Italian Catholic, um, which essentially just means I drink a lot and get forgiven if I'm sorry enough and ask for mm -hmm. it. It's a good deal for me. It's a great deal um, for everyone. Would highly recommend it, or at least understanding what it's really about. But back to back to the Miami Boys Choir, right? Yeah, they're incredible. Incredible. Uh, These guys dude, have a bunch of stars in the making here. I want to so, call out a couple specifically. You go go first. I was gonna say there's four key soloists in this video. Mm -hmm. Um a lot of comparisons that I've seen across the NBA for some of these oh, yeah. guys. Really? Um easy to make, really, really easy to make for for some, maybe not others, but like uh david uh david hershkovitz i've seen a lot of lebron slash mj type of comparisons there he carries mm -hmm. the team he really brings in a, an entirely different range as the third soloist uh abram abramovitz abramovitz i'm working on these first of all i just want to say this i love like the the old jew origins and roots that the choir really brings forth to the light i think that they really it's almost not i don't i don't want to i don't think they're like hasidic jews by any means but i love the tradition i love the fact that they care so much and they love their faith so much and they want to share it with song yeah my like, my favorite part too adam is you know they have a you know a choreo choreographer or um yeah grown man and towards the last you know it's a four minute and 11 second video right and towards the last 35 seconds 40 seconds you get to see him come into the frame and at the very end when they make their final stand their final note he is up with them he turns around he drops to one knee and he just gives a little fist like a fist yep. pump like he's tiger and that's probably my favorite part of the video because he knows you know, the people that he's been been training and working with and trying to execute getting 25, you know, young adult men to work together to sing, right? It's not easy. I'm sure there's a bunch of, you know, short attention spans in the room, rambunctious, going through puberty. And he got them all to come out and just kill it in unison. That's one of my favorite parts. Number two, um, they got red and silver button ups with ties going the silver absolutely pops just an absolute pop so um couldn't you know whoever dressed them up if that's also a, you know out, the wardrobe the outfits killed and then to your point really great soloists uh by everybody involved and you can see the passion the joy on their face and this is definitely something that's going to be in my my rotation if i'm feeling down and out a little yeah. pick me up it's it's her it's these guys and then it's uh you know jacksonville fan lady fan yeah it's it's yeah so we just want to take give a it quick to the limit out. yeah take it to the limit you know when you play by the rules 
the I will say so. There's two brothers within there. It's Benjamin and Akiva Abramovitz. Yoshi Bender leads it all off. Yoshi Bender. Uh, but then the yep. one that got the most love on social media because this blew the fuck up on TikTok for absolutely no reason. Oh, it's really? a random. It's a random 2007 clip of these guys. I'm not on TikTok, so Belted. I have no idea. So, so that's that's where this is all stemming from is the fact that this has garnered like millions of views over the span of a month. I would say billions, upwards of billions of views on TikTok. But uh, wow. David Hershkovitz, uh, all of these guys singing Yerushalayim. Uh, which mm-hmm. translates not roughly it, it exactly translates to Jerusalem, uh, which as everyone knows, um, you know, the city of lights. So right, uh, right. city of angels. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I do think uh, it's incredible how the year 2007 can also look like the year 1987 at the right. exact same time, because right. we are so fucking stupid when it comes mm-hmm. to, pop culture like you remember the the cartoon of the the little finger people playing around in like an ice cube tray container of dirt on the nick jr the the nick jr short no i thought you were talking about like harry potter taking time bomb for a second no 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 it's fucking wild i'll send it to you after this and i guarantee it unlocks a core memory it's random shit like that though i'm like this could have been made in 1964 for all i know or all I care. It's great content, though. Mac and Cheese left this comment on their YouTube. The energy, the choreo, the lighting, the outfit design, the vocals, perfection. Chef's kiss. There's also, and, uh, there's, yeah, there's been, so it's garnering the same attention as K-pop, like Korean pop. Whoa. Um, and it's, it's also being labeled as a, a different type of K-pop, being mm. kosher pop. Oh, oh, yeah. We just wanted to give them a quick shout out for people that are making you know, a positive impact on our lives. And also just wanted to, you know, come out here and give vocal support um, for the culture and for the for the young men that were able to sing this and belt their hearts out. We support you. Send some joy throughout the world today. Absolutely. All right. Let's bring in Reese Berg here. Berg. We got to get this figured out before we start recording every week. Hey Adam, this this is called growing pains, man. You gotta you gotta toughen up over there. Your attitude and your energy is draining. No, we can't hear you now, man. I okay. Obviously, I need to get a new mic. I trusted this mic. No, dude, go back. Go back to the computer. The computer sounds way better than the mic. Yeah, he's good. You're good. Just keep it on here. Yeah, keep it where you're at. This is great. This is great. We'll and there's no echo. Just no echo. You just be a little further away. Just be a little further away from your computer. Is it? That's all you got to do. Okay. And try not to get too high pitched because I think that's when it starts tweaking out. And make sure you leave the call from your phone. Yeah. There you go. Now we're now we're cooking. talk a little college basketball the season started we are pumped up and we are you know it's our pleasure to be joined with the third man of this three-man weave Skyler Reesberg popping in how we doing everybody I can't wait to well first off college basketball is back everybody I think we should be fully on board this train of excitement and emotions that we're about to go through. Uh, I, I, for one, can't wait. There's a lot of games to uh, make appointment TV. Uh, your team is probably going to be good. If they're not, choose a better one and just put invest everything into it and enjoy the ride until the madness of March comes. Hey, Spoken like a true Chiefs fan. Once again, it's great yeah. to have you. Did you just introduce yourself? I did. I was waiting for the introduction, but I felt like we were coming to a standstill. So I thought I got to do it myself. 
And, you know, that's, I like that attitude about you. Um, you know, sometimes there's college basketball players that have to do it themselves. If you had to pick a do-it-themselves superstar this year on a college basketball team, do you have one maybe in mind? I know this is a little bit on the spot. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about guys that might really carry their teams throughout the season. So if we're talking from a, a national probably the bigger blue blood teams where all the spotlight is all the time. I think we got to go with all I hear about this off season. All I've heard about is Oscar Shibway. Uh It seems like the man's been in the league forever. He, if he stays healthy, he's going to be the man to, I mean, carry. What fuck is he on Kentucky? He's going to carry Kentucky all the way this year. If oh, there yeah. was odds on player of the year, MVP, I think it, it'd be easily be on Oscar Shibway. That's the guy you want to follow. Uh, I, I don't really like to, you know, it's the beginning of the season, so I don't really like to, I kind of like to let it settle and then find out where the real stars are instead of looking at the preseason hype. Just because last year, I think there was Ty Ty Washington on Kentucky too. He was preseason, uh, so hyped up. Uh, he was going to be this, he was going to be that. I watched him at Kentucky. He was fine. He was good, but his stat line was just not what I thought it was going to be uh, mm-hmm. for all the preseason hype. So going in, I'm just going to say Oscar Shibway. I think Amando Barcott with North Carolina is going to be fun to yeah. watch. Watching the bigs. I mean, the, NBA, the bigs don't go to the NBA. The bigs are for college basketball. So watch the yeah. bigs, watch the point guards. It's, it is wild. I think this year is going to be dominated by senior big men, which is just super unusual. You got Timmy as well. He didn't mention mm-hmm. him. I can't believe he's still in school. Trace Jackson Davis for Indiana, who are the Big Ten favorites right now. Incredibly so. He's a senior as well. You got Hunter Dickinson for Michigan. He's a junior. He might as well be a super senior how long it feels like he's been there. So like you mentioned, definitely a lot of big men uh, and upperclassmen big men at that. So it's going to be a, a fascinating season. Um, I will say I'm not really – ooh, another one too I just thought of, Zach Eady. That guy is hilarious. Oh. He doesn't look like he likes basketball. <laughs> he is he's must-watch television just for the – to run, you know, a little bit of like body language doctor on him. But do you have a, a conference that you're going to be tuning into the most this year? Yeah, we've been touching on some – you're obviously a Big Ten fan. We've been touching on some Big Ten big names. I think uh, the Big 12 is where I follow Iowa State. That's my team, you know, for better or worse at the end of the day. If you're an Iowa fan, you could say that as well about your team. Uh, no shade, though. Love both teams. Uh, the Big 12, it's grind and grit. What's even more special is this is the last season that the Big 12 will be a true uh, home and away schedule. Next season, mm-hmm. we have the three schools joining Houston, the Florida school, and uh, whoever the West Coast team is, BYU. So we're excited for that, but this is this is going to be a good year because, I mean, after this, there's not going to be another conference that plays at home, at away with every single team in their conference. So I'm just trying to enjoy it because that is my favorite thing about the Big 12. Uh, should be your favorite thing about the Big 12 because it's true, com- true competition. And what's their motto? One true champion. That is their motto, and the round robin style is is super exciting. Caps, do you have uh, you know a certain conference that you seem to tune into a little bit more when it comes to college basketball? So naturally, uh, being an Iowa Hawkeye alum, and I've I've grown up a North Carolina fan. ACC and Big Ten are typically where my loyalties lie. However, uh, decided. Um, shit, I don't know, probably two, three months ago, I decided that this year I was going to get really into the A-10, Atlantic 10. I think that's going to be – that's where I I want to be. Uh, Just because, I mean, when when it's from a betting perspective, right, all the money and all the betters, they're looking at, you know, the, the power five, but you know, what are, what, are, what were we just talking about earlier with uh, college football and G5, right? I want to, I want to pick a very specific conference and I want to become an expert and just start racking them up. Right. right. Um, I do want to follow all of college basketball though. I've just consistently over time been God awful at March madness brackets and it's just it was in my my new year's resolution last year um to get better at that and so the grind starts now right it it didn't start last march um march of 22 
it it was saying that you know come come November seventh of twenty two we were going to be ready for the new campaign because by you know by New Year's of last year we had already been through month and a half of the season it's too late you're missing out on edges you're missing out on lines uh question though for for the both of y'all i don't have a ton of insight right as to college basketball and the current state i'm very much what folks would call a casual i like to just fade the public when it comes to betting and i also like to root for my teams right i'm gonna cheer for the heels and i will occasionally cheer for the hawks i'm especially cheering for the hawks this year uh, without some of the names that have been on that team in the last seven years. But uh, I, I do want to dive into hot seats here, looking Ooh. at two head coaches replacing two legendary head coaches, uh, looking at two legendary blue blood universities uh, for Duke and Villanova, um, Jay Wright, Mike Krzyzewski retiring as Hall of Famers going out in their own right, leaving Kyle Neptune and John Shire. Uh, tough spots for both of those gentlemen. Who would you rather be and why? Oh, I'll think start. That's... Yeah, go for it. Go for it. I think I'd rather be Kyle Neptune. Um, you know, he has been on Jay Wright's staff for a little while. Um, and I think the pressure at Villanova is obviously much less than Duke with the same – upside of becoming what duke can be right like we've seen villanova win more national championships than duke has in the last 10 years um you know they both made the final four last year and that's all to say is that the ceiling is equally as high i think for both programs in their current iteration but the floor is allowed to be a lot lower at villanova and i think that jay wright would back him and say yep we're you know we're working through hard times i'm you know, one or two down years, I, I believe in Kyle Neptune. Um, and something else that I would say about Kyle Neptune's job is that he's going to be working with players. You know, they might have their one and done guy here or there. Um, but for the most part, they're developing and growing two to three year, four year college basketball players, which I think it just sounds like a much more rewarding job and something that you can actually like craft and create a culture versus what Shire has to do, which is basically manage egos for one year and get them through a half a semester of college and then send them on their way. These guys are going to be NIL superstars. They're probably more worried about the bank money coming in the bank from the back end than the front. So I, I would rather take the Neptune job. Um, you know, he's been an assistant for a while. He spent 11 years, I think, with, with Villanova. He knows the ins and outs. John Shire's never coached ever. Um, a head coaching position. So um, that's that's my opinion on the matter. One, you know, Jay Wright is also a, not an egomaniac, and he's going to kind of let maybe him follow up while Coach K is still has an office, the main office in Duke. Like, how are you supposed to follow that? I'll take the devil's advocate side here. I, I totally – no, that's a great point. I think Villanova would be a great place to – be a new coach Jeff following the removal of Jay Wright but at the end of the day I think going I think if you go to Duke you're a little bit narcissistic you want the spotlight you want the center of attention you're a piece I think of that's shit going, uh, you can make that argument yeah and if you're a so fan a, and if you're a fan you haven't been to Duke or live in North Carolina you're a bigger piece of shit <laughs> are you trying to add somebody right now only people that wear like duke sweatshirts in july and have no yeah, affiliation and that's a lot of people i would say i'd be the coach of i'd rather take that position for the narcissism and uh you're you're the spotlight so yeah it's going to be hard but at the same time you're still getting good players if you're a good coach uh you can mold those players yeah you got to work with egos but uh, you what do you you tell me if you're a good coach, you can't just get these players together, group up together. Plus, you're following Coach K. I feel like the, one of the most hated coaches in college basketball ever. So you have, I mean, what do you, what do you got to lose? No one's, are you going to hop in for the first year and people are going to be like, this guy is worse than Coach K? And that definitely could say that if you don't win a lot. But from a personality standpoint, you can only go up from there. Right. While we're on the subject of Duke, too, I mean, their crosstown rival, UNC, coming off 
their own coach now going into year two, replacing a, a legend in Roy Williams. I'm talking about Hubert Davis, of course. And there was a lot of ups and downs last year for this UNC team. I think the biggest down was probably neutral site game against Kentucky, getting blown out by 30, right? And it seemed like this team didn't really have a direction. And then towards the end of the season, they really came together and made it to the you know the championship game. And, and honestly, we're up, what, 15 at halftime? Like, people kind of sweep that under the rug. Kansas, incredible comeback, but more so maybe a North Carolina choke job. Uh do you think Hubert Davis is going to be able to live up to this number one in the country preseason hype? Like, what what do you think about this UNC team? I think that they're probably going to be one of the most followed teams in college basketball because they're returning a bunch of familiar faces. Everybody's kind of aware of these guys. RJ Davis, Caleb Love, Baycott, Puff Johnson, a whole, I mean, know, a whole bunch of big names. They're essentially running the Mickey. running back tour. They're trying to make it back. They're trying to get the national championship this time, though. So yeah, all eyes on them. They they can only lose unless yeah. they win Caps. the national championship. Capture UNC guy. Any thoughts? I mean, yeah, I feel like especially after uh, the performance they put up in March last year, the season hype, a lot of returning faces and some young talent to add depth. I, I mean, it's boom or bust. Like, they're, it's, I think the pressure's all on them as mm-hmm. far as this team goes. I don't think we've seen this much pressure on a UNC team in what, five years, six years? Yeah. It's been a while. It's got to feel a little good, though. Kind of kinda a since return to the familiar. Kind of yeah. since, honestly, that it was like the Marcus Page, Cam Johnson era. Where they just had shooters on shooters. Oh, Barry. Oh, so good. Yeah. So good. Bryce Johnson. Yeah. Unreal. Bryce Johnson was just like the scraggly big man that yeah. just found his way to get 20 boards a game. Yeah, Kennedy Meeks, just big body. And down oh, my God. That fat fuck. What a fun, fun, fun team to cheer for. He lost so much weight for that season, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, going forward here, these are these are our guys. This is who we're going to be working with for college college basketball. I think in the future we're going to kind of start to like drip into this and grow this a little bit more as college football becomes out of favor. Start giving you picks. It's a little tough right now, you know, to to give out in Iowa minus twenty against some no name team that you don't know about. But once we get to college uh, basketball conference season starting in J- January, I think we're going to be up and running. Um, One of the bets I put down here on the very first night of college basketball, it's kind of a tradition of mine. Um, Essentially, you lay down as many money lines as you can on heavy favorites. And whether that's 20 lines or 25, you end up almost around even to a little bit more than even odds, maybe plus 150, especially if you get like a little DraftKings boost. And you just root for no upsets. So last night or two nights ago now, uh, went 19 for 20 on that. put down my biggest bet of the year as well on that. You know, it's kind of a tradition for me. So, yeah, that, that loss, 19 for 20. Um, Florida State, they're on my shit Florida list. State. They're on my uh, DNB. Do not bet. They're absolutely the rest of the year. Leonard Hamilton can get got. They're done for. In Tallahassee, at home, against Stetson. Stetson. God damn it. I don't even know where Stetson's from. And they're the one damn team. And I had a million other teams I could have chose from, but I said Leonard Hamilton, Florida State. These guys are athletes. Oh man, I thought you, I thought you won that bet. God damn, Florida State. Wow, nineteen for twenty though, dude. I mean, if you, it, and this is the part where every single person who's ever thrown like an eight plus legger parlay before and has missed on one is like, I should have just thrown all great bets and maxed out my account. I'd be up <laughs> so much money right now. But like, dude, 19 of 20, like that, there should be a consolation prize for that. There you can't, be. like you should at least get your money back. If nothing else, the fact that you lost money picking 19 of 20 bets correctly. Like if you were in a contest where it was just you and a pool of, you know, a million betters and you pick 19 of 20, correct. You'd have to be in the top 0.4% quartile. 
Yeah, I will say most of these teams are about 16 to 17 point favorites. It just was really unfortunate because in past years when I've done this, you know, 20 to 25 team money line bet, if the team that's going to lose or might looks like it's going to lose at the very end of it, you can hedge it out. But uh, no, Forest State was right, right in the middle. And then after that, it was just wake up the next day, see who else won, feel even worse, you know, the good stuff. But um, yeah. With, with all that said, as I'm trying to build, kind of build this, we're gonna probably be dropping separate episodes um, for this group. Reesburg, you know, bringing you into the fold here. What are you most excited about um, when it comes to just betting college basketball, talking with other fans, getting your voice out there? What are you, what are you fired up about? Well, I'm obviously excited for the big games, the big uh, Villanova, Gonzaga, UCLA, Gonzaga of, of last year. Those games were super exciting. Uh, this year, we I've already marked the calendar for a couple games. We're going to have some good ones. The first good game we get is probably this Friday. I'd say Michigan State versus Zaga. Uh, can't wait for the championship classic next Tuesday, November 15th. Tune in. You got Duke KU. Two head coach well with Bill self suspended. You have two head coaches that are uh, in unfamiliar mm-hmm. waters with their team a little. That's exciting. And then on the flip side, you got Michigan State and Kentucky with two uh, Harden. They played each other a million times. Is overs Calipari. So I'm most excited for the big games, but let's not forget about the little games, the mid majors. That's where the money is. The A10. Uh, the SWAC. Yeah, those kind of those games. Those are going to be fun to. Those good. get gritty. Absolutely. And we're going to actually going to be, you know, dropping on the Pop Off Podcast Network an episode around the Champions Classic. I think it's going to be Ralph and Aaron breaking it down. So exciting stuff. Caps, any any last thoughts before we get out of here? We're, we've been running for a little minute. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty good on this. I'm, I'm excited to start getting deeper and deeper into college basketball. I think this will be good, if nothing else, to hold me accountable to yeah. actually put in the work. Uh, similar to college yes, football, sir. I feel like in years past, it's easy to just, you know, get off of the brakes around this time of year. But, you know, running through first base, right? That's what we're here to do. That's what we're here to to provide to the people. And uh, if you don't like it, literally do anything else with your time. But uh, appreciate you supporting the page. Literally, absolutely fucking anything. Anything else. Yeah. This is just if you love college basketball. Like us, share it with us. Otherwise, get lost. Yeah, we are not taking anybody on this train unless they got a ticket. And that ticket says number one college basketball fan. We're trying to exclude as many listeners as possible unless they're diehards. Because we don't care about growing this platform unless you're you're riding deep on Super Monday or or Big Monday or Super Tuesday. That's, yeah. that's all it is. Yeah, and guess what? Guess what? We're looking for volunteers, all right? Not hostages. Yeah. Yeah, and if you don't want to volunteer, then you don't like charity, and you're a real big piece of shit. Fuck you, Scrooge. <laughs> well, and on that I note, think, yeah, I think that'll probably do it for us today on uh, rent money. Um, welcome, Skyler Reesburg, to the. Oh, he looks like he has one final parting thought. Um, get it off, get it off, young king. Hey, all I had to say is college basketball. We never said it was better than the NBA. That's my closing <laughs> statement. We never said what? that. But, 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 are they better but, players? No. Is it a better product? But, more fun? More enjoyable? I'll close on this. March Madness is the greatest product in all of sports. Absolutely. And uh, go ahead and tell your bookies that we say hi. Thanks for listening. Silence your cell phones now.